Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I was assistant director in Hollywood for the better part of eight years, and now I'm not. Today, we're talking about SWAT, a reimagining of the 1975 television series with the same name. It first aired on CBS in 2017 and is now in its third season. High-level plot summary, it's a crime drama show based in LA, and it's SWAT. Hijinks ensue. At Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter score for the first season is 48%, and the critic consensus reads, despite a commanding, charming performance from Shamar Moore, SWAT remains a simple procedural overrun with cliches. Of course, here on Below the Line, we're not focused on what the critics thought. We're continuing our series of episodes focused on the property department. And my guest today is Eric Keltica, known on set as Dr. Booty, an assistant property master on the show. Dr. Booty, welcome to Below the Line. Hey, how you doing, Skid? Not bad, not bad. Glad you're here. So, Dr. Booty, you've been with the show since the beginning, correct? Uh, episode one, season one, yep. Well, we're glad to hear about your experiences today, but before we start on the props in detail, let's discuss the show itself. As I mentioned earlier, it's based and filmed in LA. Yep. How many episodes are you doing a season? Uh, 22. Last year we did 23, but we also might do 23 again, depending on budgets and this and that. So, but yeah, it's, uh, we're definitely on for 22. And how many days do you guys get to do each episode? Oh, God. Uh, technically, it's eight, but then in, with double ups, it says eight plus one, eight plus two. So really, it takes 10 days to get, to get one episode, to get a 42-minute show down. And then sometimes it's insert units like two weeks later, depending on what's going on. But it's eight normal days and then two to three days of double ups. And so like regular network TV, you're still filming as the series is airing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We started filming, I think, July 9th, whatever that first Monday was in July. And we didn't air until, you know, end of September. But right now we're, we're still filming. We'll be filming to the end of March. We're about a month before we have to pretty much uh, put it on the air. So, Dr. Booty, when you talked about doing double-ups, how does that work on this show? Uh, uh, what a double-up is, it's two. It's the final episode of, hypothetically, episode two, and then the first episode, the first day of episode three filmed on the same day, which hypothetically would be a Thursday or two, whenever day it is. And then there's two units. So, prop-wise, it gets really confusing, too, because we have to have two different chair carts. We have to have our two different set carts going. I'll take one unit, and the, uh, the other guy, Ryan, will take the other unit. We'll have to call in a few extra people to come help, depending on how big the day is. There's been some double-up days where there's six people on one unit and two on one unit just because it's, it's less. It's, it's, it's a crazy show. <laughs> it's a crazy prop-wise show. Well, that's a good uh, segue to talking about the props and, and crew in general. How many full-time folks are on the props team? This is a big show. This is six. There are six of you there all the time yes. on this show. And then you'll add some extra people. You said on the double up days, what other sort of days or, justify? Or, or big days. Like, yeah, tell, tell me more about what the kind of days you might bring in other folks. Uh, on Halloween, we had a really big day. It was downtown LA. We needed three extra people that day. There's been other days where we've had nine, yeah, nine people, nine prop people working. And, you know, it just, they just, they, each show gets bigger and bigger and better. They, they got to outdo the next show. So it's like coming up with new things and, as long as they give us the manpower, we can do it. Tell me more about what makes this such a 
difficult prop show. I have some ideas, I've watched some episodes, but from your perspective, what's the really difficult part of bringing it together? Well, before, before I worked on this show, there was a couple other shows that were really busy, but this one takes the cake. One, there is six full-time actors, maybe, no, actually, well, six people in the, in the SWAT squad. And then we have other ones, other full-time actors that are in, back in the truck, back in here, back in here. But those six guys in, fe- in one female, uh, they all need to be propped. So we got to put the vests on, the belts on, we got to put the keepers on them, helmets, glasses, their long rifles, their, their sidearms. And we always have, we got the primary gun and the secondary gun on them pretty much at all times. They look really real, but they are fake. They're all airsoft guns that we have, we put, we make look real. All the accoutrements are, are real. Uh, if you pull them out in a cop, you will get shot. That's how real these things look. And then when we fire, we have an armorer who comes in and we have the exact same gun, just it can fire blanks. So he takes care of all that. He has all those licenses to take care of that. We do, and we just support him at that time too. So with all these extra guys, don't get me wrong, there are some easy days where it's just me and the onset master and me, and we're kind of bored because it's two people talking like a normal show. We get really bored those days, but we take them, we take them happily because we're not running around in the dirt in the rain, giving out guns, <laughs> giving out ear protection, moving chairs. So there's, there's, there's some easy days, but they're mostly hard. Well, you brought about just all the gear that these guys have. People don't think about it, but for all the SWAT action, when these guys are fully geared up, they have all of that stuff. And that all falls under props, the badges, the walkies, the vests, as you oh, said. Yeah. All of that is something you guys have to keep track of by person. Like each one of them has their own set for what they need to use. Is that? Oh, yeah. We have, a, we have a new system this season. We started, actually, it was last season. Everyone has their own bin. We have these gray totes and their names on it. So their belts, their everything that they have as for props is in their bin. And then we have smaller bags in there that are just, they're doing low key stuff off, off work. Well, they just need a couple badges in their undercover gun. We just can bring their bag out instead of the whole bin. So we have it pretty dialed in. Like we know where everyone's bins at, everything's labeled. Uh, that's the main thing with a prop thing. Everything's gotta be labeled. In, on the backside of the badges, they gotta be labeled. All their badges we're giving them all have the same, you know, Hondo's badge has a number. Hicks's badge has a number. Street's badge has a number. And we always keep that stuff in order. So everything's labeled and everything's kept in the same bins, the same bags. Because without that, you start losing stuff. You don't have time to look for it. And it's, you pull your hair out. Someone left it somewhere. It's like, no. Every day. And the thing is, too, if we have all the 16, all the, the team propped and ready to go, in between each take and every new setup, they're just taking, they want to take it off. So we have tables set off. We have, we have this little cart we call the mini mule. It holds the guns. It holds the helmets on top. And if they want to take their, jack, their vest off, we can kind of put it on there on the bottom. And, and because they just, some actors just don't want to deal with it. They don't want to wear it. Well, I imagine it's some weight, right, in between. I mean, if I were, what it's a, would it's you a estimate? Little, it's, they're, they're, we take the, the plates are not in it. The Kevlar plates aren't in it. So that's an extra 40 pounds. The magazines don't have real ammo in it, so that's an extra couple pounds there. When you say extra uh, pounds, you mean pounds you've actually subtracted from what a real oh yeah a lot person would be. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. This is probably ninety percent taken away. What? It's ten percent of what it would weigh, probably. Because I we've had we've gone to the real SWAT place and talked to them, 
and just like holding their stuff. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> like you guys don't deserve enough credit, you know what they do. Well, tell me more about that. Like when you visited the real SWAT and got to see their equipment and such. You know what I felt really bad about? Like those guys are like risking their lives a lot. And all the accoutrements that go on the guns, the, the EOTEX or the lasers or the flashlights, this and that, they got to buy them themselves. The city does not, does not uh, provide that, which I, I feel is a travesty. I mean, these guys should have the best equipment. And I kind of wish I was like a really rich donor and like I could just go out and get them 500 flashlights for their guns or or extra mags or whatever it takes, you know, to get, get the job done. But, and you know, they're on cop salaries they are, they're obviously paid a little bit more than normal police officers, but like, that was the biggest thing. Like I couldn't believe they had to afford like all like that stuff themselves. Like, and with the new tax cuts, they can't even write it off. Now it sucks for them. I feel bad for them in that, but, but that building, that whole, I mean, these guys are, uh, they're, uh, they have like uh, different vehicles, obviously they don't have the black Betty like we have or the, you know, the, the Rook, which is the big, <laughs> the big armored bobcat that that holds them up, and uh, which is interesting because it goes back to the whole CSI theory. Like when I worked on CSI, the best crime lab in the world was on like stage 22 instead of 23 at Universal, because everyone has the nicest equipment. They give it to a show, so like we have some awesome equipment on our show that there's SWAT teams around the country that would be killing for, right now. Like those uh, those armored vehicles we have, all you know, all those all the different pieces. Because then, you know, you talk to the real guys, they're like, yeah, we don't have that. And it's just like a bread truck, you know, it just says SWAT on the side of it. It's like, oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> you Did you get a sense from them that uh, they do then or don't watch this show? Like, I could see that uh, not wanting to see what's like over there. Also, I could see it a little escape. It's, it's, it's one of those things, like, they, half of them watch the show. And then the other half are just guys who don't like TV and they're just really good gun guys and just just go to the range every day and they get to play with guns for a living. and. And, and be soldiers that aren't soldiers anymore kind of thing. So I, I want to feel it's, it's, it's a good mixture probably. Well, tell me more about the gun. So as you mentioned earlier, when you actually have weapons firing, you have an armor. And so the armor is not full-time. The armor comes in on the days when there's firing he, going to happen. He's pretty much full-time. Because there's so much firing on your there's show. There's so much gunfire, but he also he's also in our union. So he kind of helps prop a little bit here and there. He'll, he could fall in and help us be like hey man can you put out the chairs can you deprop some of the background because all those background that are walking we got a prop too so you know when there's a huge outdoor scene that's cops and it's firemen and and media and press and you know you have 200 background running around we have like three or four guys that are just dedicated to that all right these three guys are going to take care of cops emts uh all these all the background over there and then then Ryan and me and another guy will take care of the set. We'll take care of first team, which are the actors, the little background around that and in, in the producer and the director way, essentially. It's, it's good to have a game plan and be organized. Yeah, I can, I can, I can imagine. I mean, if you're talking about 250 background, like how many of those are going to be specialist guys that in fact need their own kits? whether it's vests or helmets or that sort of thing. That's the thing too. They'll have, they'll have another tactical team. So those guys we have, because uh, there was another guy, Mumford, and he had his own team on season one and half of the last season. And now it's Rocker's team. So when they come in, we just give them those uh, vests, and gun, which we have in different bins and stuff. But we're, we're ready to outfit probably eight extra tack guys, I want to say, 
on our truck, if it calls for more than that, the prop master will, you know, order up from the prop house X amount. We'll say we need four more from that. We'll do that. But yeah, there's, there's extra tack guys that are running around. There's extra, this is actually the one that just aired that one with the, the uh, Mexican family that wouldn't leave their house. Episode seven, I want to say, uh, if you notice that giant area where it was just a big circle of SWAT trucks and all those background running around, like we had to do all those guys. It was extra tech guys. There was extra background guy, uh, the SWAT core guys, uh, which are the guys inside, usually in the Eagle's nest and on the, on the stage, which is nice because um, they're pretty much all there at the same time and at all the same people too. So we get, we, you know, as an, old ad pa you know like when you get background coming in and you get familiar with them it's especially as a prop guy i'm like hey jamie how you doing cool here's your stuff here's your stuff they know how to put it on we don't have to deal with it they know if something happens they're like hey man this broke they can come to me it's just they know not to take the guns out i couple i caught a couple guys season one i came around the corner and they're taking selfies with the guns out and i'm like no that's just a huge no-no i'm like don't put on a profile pic come on guys Act like an adult. I know what you mean about the background. And then I know that uh, when we were at West Wing, for example, we had military folks. They had to be fit into the uniforms. So you call the same folks back because yep. and they kind of know the drill on stuff and it helps. But I can just imagine that's doubly important on a show like this where you have so many different props and so much that has to be assembled basically for each guy Yeah, uh, each time. Well, that's the thing. Like we've, we, it's, it's such, second, such second nature to us. Like we just have it down. And there's a couple of tactical guys. Our tactical advisor and his and his buddy, the two tack advisors on the show, they work with these guys really well too. They're like, hey, you know, they'll put them right in order. They'll and these a lot of the guys have training, a military training, which is nice. They listen, so they know they come in, have the gun this special way. They're at low ready, you know, duck walking here, so it looks it looks real. It looks nice. There's also a group that goes around. They're called the Gun Metal Group. This guy, Matt Siglock, he runs them. It's all military trained guys. They're set at a certain price. They bring their own stuff and blah, blah, blah this and that. They're a, they're a good option to have, too, in your back pocket. When you said they bring their own stuff, what's that like, Finn? You mean- they will bring, depending on what, what, instead of the prop master having to rent, depending on what show it is, because uh, we have the stuff already. We don't need to, him, them to bring their own things. Uh, I know on a show like Jericho, we needed a bunch of stuff, and Siglock and his guys brought the different body armor, the different outfits and, and blah, blah, blah. And you get them essentially for a bulk rate, which it helped out the costumes. It helped out the prop guys. They just came and they know what they're doing. They just put it on. They're like, what do you want to stand and say? Like, stand right there. You got, they'll stand there for 10 hours if you want. <laughs> I was like, we're not getting shot at. We're getting free food. Hell yeah. I'll stand there for 10 hours, you know? <laughs> well, tell me more about uh, gun safety on set. Now, before you do on some other shows, I've had some conversations where folks talked about not needing to fire blanks as much these days. In fact, that visual effects no, can do a lot of that kind of work. Like, so what, how does that work on your show on SWAT? Well, a lot of times it'll be visual effects because they want the gun right next to a person. like, no, it's too close. It's, you have to be 15 feet away. We've shot full flashes once. Now it's season one and it was a faraway shot at night and the director knew what he wanted. He's like, look, I just want two shots of a gun full flash. I'm like, okay, that's no problem. And I can handle a, a, uh, a handgun or two, but if it starts getting like four or five guns, that's what we have an armor for. And also if it's, um, if they're NFA guns or guns that the government deem 
semi-automatic, uh, big machine guns or submachine guns, things like that. I actually can't handle them technically because I don't have the permits. That's, it's completely illegal. I can handle a couple handguns and a shotgun, which I'm fine with, but sometimes I'd rather not, especially if there's tons of props going on over here and there's some guy shooting here. Just hire, hire an armorer, let him do it. Boom, it's done. You don't have to worry about it. It's, it's, it's super safe to trust him, yeah. But I know uh, the John Wick movie, I believe the entire first one was shot with uh, airsoft guns. And what's great about the airsoft, you just gas them up and the slides go, go forward and back. And the uh, visual effects people could put in the bullet, the, uh, the, the muzzle flash, and also the shell ejection. And wow. it's, a, it's 100% safe. You could, I, to show people when, you know, I just, I literally put my hand up to the gun and pull the trigger. It will not affect your skin at all. All the guns are airsoft until they're firing. Even the ones that aren't firing, when they're just running with their long guns, they're airsoft guns, technically. They don't work. The long guns don't work as airsoft guns anymore. So essentially, they're all toys. <laughs> but their handguns, the 1911s, and also their smaller uh, off-duty guns, they're all airsoft guns, and they work. And the thing is, too, a lot of the actors like it more because they can – because when they're firing with a, uh, a quarter, we use quarter loads on our show, which is, you know, there's full flash, half flash, and quarter flash. It's quarter flash are essentially a quarter of the powder of a real bullet. And it gives enough ba-bang, ba-bang. It's not as loud. But the actors rather not use, a lot of them now don't want to use real guns. They'd rather use airsofts. Because in their mindset, they're like, because they're trying to act, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, I can't be 15 feet. So it kind of takes away from their mental acting i want to say so they like the fact that they could be anywhere and it'd be super safe even if they just accidentally fire off to the side so uh, i know a couple actors on our show would rather use airsoft and what did you mean that the long rifles are no longer working as airsoft was that so uh, explain that to me a little bit the long rifles which are their primary weapons the hk416s or the mp5s they don't work as airsofts anymore just because we took the components out of the you'd rather not use them as airsoft guns uh, just because they they break easily, so if we're gonna fire, they'll fire the they'll fire their primaries or long guns uh, with the quarter flashes, and they'll give them the proper the proper distance. And if unless and if not, then they'll just do a fake boom, essentially in their head, and jerk the gun, and then the effects will put in something. So got it. So you guys made the decision that using the long rifles as airsoft guns wasn't efficient for all the reasons you just explained. And yeah, because it doesn't eject the shell. It doesn't, like on a handgun, you can see the slide move back and forth. You don't see any of that with the long gun. It's just, it, it, it doesn't make the same effect, if you want to say. But a blank will. In other words, a blank with the safety, obviously, observations that you outlined does give that effect more of that, at least for what they're trying to capture on camera for a weapon like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get a little muzzle flash, you know, just a little, out of the muzzle break, you'll see a little diamond pattern. We've had, we've had that perfectly shot. It's, it's a nice look. It, it, there's just some things you can't really fake, especially if it's not a quick cut. Like, if they're all quick cuts, you just put, you know, uh, just a muzzle flash on anything. What I was watching the Mayans last week, and it was just, they came in, they're firing, they're blowing people up. And it was just CG blood all over the place, like everywhere. And I could, I, I mean, I'm trained to see that stuff so I could see it, but I'm like, does middle America see it or people that don't know, do they see it? 
maybe they might like some guys like, Oh, that's so fake. But I'm like, to me, it looked really, really fake, but it was super safe. Because they weren't even using squibs with little blood packs or anything. They were just, it was all digital blood. In fact, yeah. on top of it. Squibs are not used that much anymore either. Tell me more about how that has changed. Um, it's just because essentially it's a little explosion on the person's, on the, on the person's skin or the, on, on a t-shirt. So it's not that super safe anymore. There's a lot of stuff that was used in the 80s and 90s that's not used at all anymore. What other uh, changes have you seen in that sense of ours? Air rams. Like when they just have a ramp and the guy would just fly off of it. They don't use those at all anymore. Um, it's, it's, almost, it's more about safety now than I've ever seen because there's just so many accidents happen, especially with stunt players, man. They're just – because to be known in a stunt world to do the outrageous stuff – and plus, and as you know, some people have that mentality of pushing themselves. Oh, dude, we can do it bigger and better, you know, this and that. But it's but you'd be surprised how we always have safety meetings about everything, especially stunts with cars and explosions. I mean, our our AD staff is very good about, and the producers are very good about safety. Because I don't know if you heard of what happened last year on the LA's finest, where one of those uh, stunt a stunt went wrong and a car hit a storage retainer and it went into video village and a producer lost his the bottom half of his right leg or so oh it was oh god it's sad i did i did hear about that in fact uh yeah things could be risky and it's and on a television show you talked about the number of days you have there is pressure to do things faster and quicker and yet yeah. also bigger to sort of earn that audience but that safety's got to be got to be a primary or else people do get hurt we're, we're lucky on this show sony pulls the plug after 14 hours but I mean, I've been on shows 19 hours, 20 hours, and people are just, it's almost like people are drunk because they're so tired. In those late hours, that's when people start getting hurt. It's like, you know, and we got to drive home. It's like, come on, guy, you know. And that's the thing people don't understand. Like when I have friends that come from feature world and they day play with us, all of a sudden they're like, man, you guys work fast. Like we, we have to. It's, it's ridiculous how much they shove into one day. And then you have people like my parents are just like, it takes how long to shoot a TV show? You guys just stand there for two hours while you're, you're waiting to light something. I'm like, it's, that's how it is sometimes, you know? And then sometimes you got to wait for actors. Sometimes you got to wait for a bridge to open, you know, <laughs> just it's stupid things. Like we only have this location for two hours, so it's not our fault, but everyone run as fast as they can. It's like, no, we're not doing that. Well, you started into it, Dr. Boudin. Tell me more about what it's like working on this set. It's actually great. This is one of the best sets I've worked on. It's a very good. Everyone's really likes each other. Everyone works hard. Everyone's professional. Everyone, you know, people love you. You like each other. We're, I'm in a fantasy football league with some of the people on set. It's, it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, I started an eliminator football pool. It gets, it gets people into it and, and enjoying each other. Like we go out and we'll have drinks after work sometimes, a bunch of us or we'll meet each other during the hiatus for lunches and things. So it, it's really nice. But if they start getting behind, they're like, come on, come on, let's, let's, let's hurry up. It, you know, it's, it's, it's not your fault. We're behind, but you, you need to make up the work and the time. And at that point it gets a little more aggravating, but it's, it's the nature of the beast. I mean, we all, we all do what we can to, to help out at certain times, but there are requests that come across the block. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I, hey, you guys have an African elephant? I'm like, ooh, all I have is an Asian. I'm like, really? Can you make its ears bigger? <laughs> Come on, man. 
I mean, do you get a lot of that in the prop world where they're looking for something oh, that they God. think is specific? But no, no, it's called the we call it going to the ass truck because you got to pull it out of your ass. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. The one thing I did find one time was a Hawaiian shirt for a Shih Tzu. <laughs> and it was last second. And they're like, yeah, I want to put a Hawaiian shirt on this dog. I'm like, uh, all right, give me five minutes. <laughs> I found it at uh, when Babies R Us was still around. I got a little kid's Hawaiian shirt. Now, all right, but uh, so that wasn't on SWAT. There's not no, some SWAT no, episode no, with no, a little no. Shih Tzu with a, no, with a no. Hawaiian shirt. Right. We had a couple uh, golden retrievers and German shepherds on our show. That's about it. I want to talk about some of the other shows you've you've worked on, Doctor Booty. But first, uh, tell me some more about the uh, other props on SWAT. When I see that someone has a gun that's not part of the regular kits, some other weapon or whoever the the criminal of the week is, do you guys have a bunch of those guns on as well, or does the script call for something and your prop master has to go get it special? It all depends on if it's a specialty gun, we do have like an extra stash. I want to say or cache of weapons on the truck. And, and we have two big safes on the truck, obviously. So if something needs to be firing, like, Hey, we have an extra Glock, right? Yeah. Let's give them that. Or we have a bunch of extra airsofts too. We use more of those than anything. And Oh, we also have tons of rubbers. Every SWAT person's long rifle. We have a rubber matching it for all these stunts. And a lot of the stunt guys, we zip time to their back. So when they're doing their fight, it's not swinging around hitting people in the face. And then almost every pistol we have, I think we have two or three rubbers for it. And the rubbers are harder densities. And then we have foam ones if they're really hitting people in the head. That was a thing over on CSI because it was always one murder weapon. Say it was a, a teapot. We'd have the teapot and then we have a hard teapot and then we'd have foam ones. And they all looked exactly the same. You never knew which one was which until you picked it up. You know, whatever. There was always a murder weapon. So we definitely have extra guns. There's uh, one of the writers really, as he likes to call it, call it gun porn. So he finds these random guns. <laughs> and he always wants them. And then the master will be like, look, dude, we cannot get them. We can't get them blanked. And he'll be like, okay, well, what about these? So it was always like we had silenced semi-automatic shotguns on one episode. Wow. We had uh, – you know, we, have, we haven't had a minigun yet, which I think is interesting. We should get one of those. So there is, there is definitely a, a, a bunch of different guns that we have to get from, uh, from the prop house. Now, you mentioned uh, keeping safes. I imagine that's gun safes. What goes into a safe or what doesn't have to go into a safe, particularly when they all look the same? All the real guns have to go into safes, especially the ones that the armorer has to deal with. He actually has his own safe where only him and the prop master have the combination. So there's one safe that's just Tony's safe with that him and Paul have the combinations too. And on Paul's truck, he has his own safe that the rest of the guys have the combos too, which are the guns that we can get out. But we, like two episodes of gun, we had a couple different shotguns that were real shotguns. So they weren't firing, but they had to be real. So even last episode, so we had that we had those too. Those can go just for the regular safe. And the DOJ had to come down and literally look at the safe, make sure it was bolted into the ground fine on the truck and blah blah blah. And they're like, and then they give it their blessing. Okay. Yeah, we write off, you know, write it off. All the guns that fire blanks are real guns. Just is that to yes. clarify that the, the only thing that's different about it is their barrels. Essentially, you have when you have a, a barrel's that big, 
hypothetically, and then you have like a full flash has a little stopper in it, a half flash has a smaller stopper, and then they have a quarter flash, which has a, the smaller stopper, and then they have the other ones called silent uh, solid plug guns, which are guns that you can that they used back in the day for suicides, where you could put it to someone's head, pull the trigger, nothing gets blown out of the barrel and has just enough juice to cycle the or powder just to cycle the to the cycle the the, the slide back and forth. It's 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 very interesting. It's really there's a lot of a lot of engineering and machining goes in, in in behind it. And that's what we also give it the 15 foot radius for safety because sometimes the plugs, you know, after a while they start deteriorating a little bit and little pieces get pushed out. And if you're too close, that could ends up being shrapnel that can get into people's skin and you know, hurt <laughs> and kill. Yeah, I bet. But so the air guns though, they don't need to go into the safe. They can't be modified in any kind of way, but you still have a lot of them. So it takes quite a bit of space on the truck as well. It sounds yeah. Like. We also just put them in the safe just because they're guns and we try to keep all the guns together. Like all the, all the guns, all the accoutrements, like well, we have a bin of green gas, which is the gas you put in, in the airsoft guns. So, I mean, we keep that kind of all together, but I mean, even if they're airsoft guns, we just, we have enough room in the safe cause they're big safes that like, okay, we know where they're at or we lock them up somewhere else. But pretty much we, we all know where they're at if need be. Talk about some of the stuff that's not guns. I noticed that in the, besides the, the weapons, they have all this other specialized equipment. They had flashbang grenades. They had a oh, yeah. drill with mini cams. They had phones and binoculars and, and shields, just all kinds of stuff that's SWAT. Yeah. I mean, is that, that stuff it sounds like you probably have on the truck. It must work every other show. Uh, not the shields as much as you think. We don't keep the shields. That's only a – oh, no, we do keep the shields in the gold rooms. Not on the truck, though. But, yes, there, is, there are all these specialty items that – the writer and the director talk to the, the prop master about in prep and they're like, and they make these cool little gadgets because people love gadgets. A, a lot of them don't exist, but we had a, a plasma cutter that was just like that big. It's like, well, and it had a laser on it. It looked really cool and it got the job done on the effects. So, it, it, I mean, it looked really cool. You know, the little, we had the drills. I mean, we have drills on the, on the, but we had to swatify them. So we had to paint them a little black and, and gray uh, put a big bit on them. And actually, when you see it going through, when you saw it on the top side, that was me. I was underneath doing that. <laughs> actually, I crawled underneath. It was, it was a, a set that was built about four feet high, and I had to crawl underneath it with all the rocks, and my knees were killing me on these rocks. And I had to go way back in the corner, and they're like, okay, now drill here. And so I did, and I put the little, little cameras up. So that was me. <laughs> <laughs> You're subbing uh, in. No reason to have a stunt guy do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't pay a stunt guy's wage for that. Yeah, you got the, the peons that can do that. But, yes, there's, there's all these specialty props that do happen. We call them hero props. And then at the end of the episode, we put the hero props in an episode 302 bin. And we put them on in a special room that we all know, like, oh, that was episode 302. Let's go back to that bin. In case you need something to use again or, or yeah. reshoots or whatever might get brought up for it. Anything, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how every show works. That's how, well, that's how every show should work. Because <laughs> I've day played with other people and they don't do anything quite like that. I'm like, how do you get things done? There was a, another episode I watched recently. There was a scene where people were throwing eggs 
I know that doesn't fall in the same category as weapons as guns, but is that something that the prop department had to provide? We had little foam eggs that they could throw and hit the guy in the head, but the effects department had this goo that they made. It made it look, it actually made it look real. And if you saw the shot, you know, it was the guy, the camera guy was about five feet away from the dude with a different lens, made him look longer. But the effects guys were right next to camera. And as soon as they got the go ahead, they hit the little button and it shot like uh, just a lot of compressed air. And essentially it was a small t-shirt cannon and it just shot an egg yolk on the guy's face. <laughs> There's little cool things where if you're ever on set, you can, you know, you can see behind the scenes stuff. Then, then you see it on TV like, oh, that came out pretty good, actually. What other uh, notable props with your time on SWAT come to mind? Things that are unusual or difficult to put together or just funny? Uh, you know, the flashbangs are always an interesting thing because we'll use them a ton. We got to have the biggest helicopter budget because we're always using helicopters and, and drones. Like the, the way the drones are working now, it, it adds a whole new element to TV shows. and It, it makes it look so cool. It makes it look unbelievable. Uh, we have, uh, the, we've had door spreaders, you know, these little random props, uh, which is nice because the technical guys will be like, oh yeah, we had this one thing one time and they'll get together with the writers and the prop master will have to find it and be like, oh, how about this? Well, I remember my, the prop master and the, I think the director or the writer of one episode came up with these really cool distraction devices. Essentially, they're, they're little balls and you throw them in and they emit really high-pitched screaming noises and flashes. So they cut the wires on the speakers in it so it wouldn't annoy the sound department because it would bleed their ears. And they put it in post, but it would have flashes on it. And then in post, they actually put smoke coming out of it. And another shot, the smoke guy smoked up the room. So, I mean, it's cool because you can be really creative in props too. If you got the time and the budget, you can make anything. <laughs> For the most part, the only a few directors get the, on our show, get the okay to be super creative and outside the box. Other than that, it's like choose from the pile, <laughs> you know? As far as the things you know you can do or you've done before or yes. what's on the truck, I imagine. Yeah, it's just like, it's the same with the camera department too. Like every director, they get their one, they get their one cool shot and then they get their one you know, crane shot and then whatever budget's for, then there are bigger directors that come in. They're like, okay, you get three crane shots or whatever, whatever it be. Well, how does this show compare to other shows you've worked on from a prop perspective? Well, this is the busiest by far. There's something to be said for being on a show where it's like 11 and a half, 12 hours near home. And it's just two people talking about a book in a coffee shop. It gets really boring. You get, it's just you and the other prop guy or girl and you just hang out and talk about things. It's, it's almost like sometimes I forget about props when it's an easy scene because you just get lackadaisical. When there's so much going on, you're like, okay, I got boom, 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 boom. I got to do them all in this order, you know? Uh, but this is by far the busiest. Jericho was a very busy show. That was one of my first shows. It was a lot of gun work on that, but it wasn't – it was a lot more – it was a lot busier because I had to do more because other people wouldn't kind of thing. And, you know, then I was on uh, the Rush Hour TV show. That was busy just because it was stunt work. Like, that was the biggest stunt show we I've done to the time. And I wasn't used to it. And I'm like, wow, stunts take a long time to do. We had Warmer one time. We had a – he used a cello as a weapon. So we, had, <laughs> they, we had to make – I think they gave it a budget of, like, four cellos they could break. 
and they had to score them, and they're like, that's all you guys get. And we're like, okay. That was a busy show, too. Uh, CSI was different busy because it was – but that was dialed in. I mean, that show did 15 seasons, and my boss at the time did 14 of them. They knew what was going on. They knew the different lab and the different lab things to do and this and that. It's just the hours were longer on that, and they were there were a lot of nights. And that was like when I was on the X-Files, like every Friday night was 5, 6 p.m. call. So people weren't getting home till 9 a.m. on Saturday. I mean, it's just, it, it just eats at your soul. But, but people are dialed in. They know exactly what's going on. The hero cast have their own props. They, they know what to do and this and that. And they, everyone just gets it done, essentially. On CSI, I imagine that uh, a lot of that equipment that they're using in the lab and such, props or set dressing, taking a bigger handle of that stuff. I mean, the stuff they're interacting with, does that come from the prop master after be responsible for that or set dressing? All those labs, all that lab stuff was sent to the set to the set dressing crew by those companies. So if it was supposed to be used in a certain way, they'd have a tech come out standing next to it, you know, like, cause they didn't want their stuff mis- misrepresented. But most of the time when they're mixing fluids and, and this and that and doing things with, with needles and, and, and pliers and, and things like that. Yeah, those were all props. I mean, that's, we had just shells full of beakers and this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, even in the garage, they had a snap-on toolbox that I have a buddy who's a snap-on dealer and I sent him a picture of it and he's like, dude, that thing's expensive. So I don't know where that ended up, someone's house, but I would have loved to have it. But <laughs> it was a huge box. It took up like, you know, it was a 12 foot long box. So that was, that thing was nice. So, but you know, if, if you're a hit show, people want their stuff on the show, they'll give it to you, you know? Is that a factor on the props on SWAT? Do you guys get things that are placement of some sort? We don't have a lot of product placement. All their glasses, the Wiley X Corporation, once they saw how much we were using their stuff, they were like, cool, you guys get carte blanche. How much do you, you know? Which is nice because they're all, also all the glasses are AR coded. So we have to get them ahead of time and sent out to a lab to get them AR coded, which is anti-reflecting. It's not 100%, but it's way better than regular glasses. So they don't catch something off a camera looking at them or there's exactly. something that got like a reflection it, on it. The camera can be in a certain direction and not get look, not be seen, which is nice. So Wiley X gives us glasses, and they're, I mean, they're really cool about it. We don't have many other, like, sponsors that give us. I know they, we get a lot of Dodge cars and trucks, but that's, that's with the uh, transport department, not us. Other than the Wiley X stuff, glasses, I don't think we have, which is a shame. I'd love to get like, like the, the corporation that has the vest's first spear. Like I'd love to get some more of those or, you know, some, some nice tack bag, some, a bunch of more bags and stuff. And 511's a great company. Like, hey, hey guys, come on, throw some stuff our way. It's weird because a lot of companies don't give out stuff anymore. Like Apple wouldn't give us phones. Apple, they, they wouldn't give us iPads. Like, it's just, it's weird how the, the product placement company, they just, they don't do it as much anymore. Just in general, you think it's less of that or is it something about the actual theme of the show or, or some other being more selective? How do you, how do you think it plays I, I, out? If, if you're not a top 10 show or top 20 show, I don't think they want to give you as much anymore. It used to be different like 15 years ago. Like any show would get anything they wanted, but now you got to be a top 10 show to get anything. You know, when CSI was, when, you know, when they were, the first five seasons when it was a top five show, they were like, yeah, what do you guys need? We'll get, yeah, take it. Have, what, have it all. Be the first person with an iPhone or something like that. Yeah, you know? It, it's, it's interesting. The, 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 uh, 
their budgets, their uh, their advertising budgets have all shrank a lot too. So, what have we not covered on, or what has this got your gears going on that we should talk about? This show's pretty much about guns and cool little prop things. That's it's a it's a busy show, man. It's a and of course they shoot Santa Clarita, which is you know on the other side of the world from me because I live down near the airport. So you know it's a forty-five minute minimum drive. Sometimes it's been an hour and forty-five minutes, and it just yeah. Yeah, yeah, six-hour turnarounds essentially. So, yeah, it's not it's not fun. <laughs> so you have a fourteen-hour day, which is actually a short day, but you still have an hour at least to get there, if not two, uh, and home as well. Yeah, that's not without prep too. In the morning, like the our prep time, and then I get there even before our our, our call, just because it's so busy. You need to have yeah, it's a, it weighs on you. So it sounds like a hard but. I don't know, from a proper perspective, an enjoyable show. It sounds like you guys have a lot of stuff going on and, as you mentioned, keeps you engaged. Yeah, in our, depart- our prop department, we like this stuff too. Like, we're, we're gun guys. We like things of this nature because there's a lot of prop crews out there that couldn't do our show. They just don't – they can't do it. It's just one of those things. And luckily it stems from our master, Paul, who's great at his job and has all the props there and in, in more when they're supposed to be. So it's, it's, it's a pleasure to work for, for someone like that. Cause I've worked with other prop masters, you know, I'll say there's five, five props in the scene. I'm lucky to get three of them. And it's like, I got to come up with something off the set or off something else, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, and we have a good system and it's, it's in place and that's, it's the best way to work for us. But at first, that first season was very tough though. How have things changed over the seasons? Different styles of propping different systems. It was, we inherited a system at first from the pilot people and we just thought it was the way to go and it worked enough for us, but it wasn't the best system. So we all changed that and yeah, it's, it's uh, been smoother. Thank God. Cause it's nice too, because when day players come in, I'm like, okay, this is how it is. We these two tables out, we have these little cards, we put out their names, with little Velcro tags on each then this goes out, this goes out, because they're using SWAT casual look. They're using this look. It's actually nice on this show, too, because the writers and producers will go through each episode and break it down by scene and do a costume doc, a document. So the costume department, and we know that they're in full tack on this scene. Then they're in SWAT casual, this scene. Then they're in, uh, they're in civvies in this scene, which is nice. So we look at it so we can all prep the... I'll get that done while the guy on set is doing one, one scene. The next scene, I'll have all the stuff for the next, for the actors on the next one. So that makes it run smooth too. And I'm sure the actors appreciate that. That's the last thing they want to be thinking about what exactly they're supposed to have. Yeah, they do. They just walk in, they know to find our table or our little mini mule cart. And they know that it's nice. You can, it's a nice beacon for the actors. Like they know to come here and we're in, and we're talking with the PAs too. Like, Hey, we're over here. So the PAs know to bring them over to us to get propped and wired. Because at, at first it was a 20 minute thing for each actor to get them props. And the producer was like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, well, we don't, this is the way to do it. So once we got, once the costume doc came out and we figured out what's, how to prop them, I mean, we got it down. I could do it for like two minutes each actor. I mean, I think it helps out everyone in the long run. And so Dr. Booty, what's the origin of your nickname? Nah, nah, that might be for another podcast. Okay, we'll save that for now. But uh, well, thanks for coming on and talking about SWAT and all the work you guys are doing there. That's been a lot of fun. Oh, great, no problem. Very, very welcome. 
Listeners, I'd love to hear what you thought of the episode. You can send an email to skid, S-K-I-D, at below the line, one word, dot biz. That's B-I-Z. I also appreciate your feedback via iTunes, where your ratings and comments really do help us reach new listeners. And Facebook, where, for your visual entertainment, I post photos and other behind-the-scenes materials at podcast below the line. Finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. It's at pod below the line. Thanks to Curtis Five for our music and John Juan for our logo. The logo is available on t-shirts, mugs, and stickers at redbubble.com. Thanks for listening. Our series on the prop department continues next week. We're continuing our series of episodes focused on the property department, and my guest today is Eric Kautica. Nope. <laughs> Keltica. Say it again. Keltica. Keltica. Yeah, okay. That's all right. Leave it in there. I think it's funny. <laughs> Let me try that paragraph again. <laughs>